Cover to cover, Javelin's Bistro. And today, as Jack said, as he was ending his show, I get a chance to play the nosy neighbor, knock, 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 knock on Jack's door. Jack has, is well known and loved in the Bay Area and across the world as the poet to poets on many levels, and he's educated me. Today's show is about his poetry, his writings, his understanding, but also about his personal life, his life since his wife of nearly 55 years passed away and what that journey has been like. And for many of us who know him at the station and his personal friends know that it was a difficult challenging and remains as such in its different ways to this very day. Also joining us today is Sanjay Lan, who is Jack's current partner. So many times in history, we look back and we read of the great lives of artists and we, we see their works. But I think we're as equally as fascinated by their backstory, their day-to-day living, their choices, as if somehow... All of that informs and shapes the work they did. We're going to ask those questions, at least I will. But I'm going to open the phone lines if you have a question for Jack beyond the poems about his life over the last year and more. Some of the things that I want to talk about is whether or not there's been guilt in the new love in life. His spiritual beliefs. What I do know in the few moments I've talked with Sanjay, Sanjay is that she is a Buddhist. And that's a part of her journey she feels with Jack, that it is karma. So I want to welcome them to the show. <laughs> and you, Jack, Jack, welcome. Wait, I got to do my... Jack, open the door. Oh, it's open. <laughs> For you, it is always open. The I, door is open. As a matter of fact, I think it's off the hinges right it's now. It's off the hinges. <laughs> and so. Sa- we'll pull Sanjay, Sanjay's uh, mic towards her. She's been ever so polite and not, oh, it's like the door hinges <laughs> opening. So, And also, Sanjay Gay, welcome. Thank welcome you. to the show. Sanjay, yes. Um, actually, uh, maybe <clears throat> what I should do first is to read a poem about her being in my life and um, that perhaps will if not answer questions raise some and at least if nothing else that will help us put us into this interview of you honoring and sharing uh, put us all on the same page if you will no pun intended Okay. she is in my life innocence innocence Matched with, matched with, intelligence, intelligence, sweetness, sweetness, matched with, matched with, guile, guile, and wit, and wit, a deep, a deep awareness of, 
awareness of suffering, suffering. I have been in pain most of my life, in pain most of my life. Desire, desire, matched with, matched with compassion, compassion, fear, fear of, of abandonment, abandonment, fear, fear of, of sleep, sleep, wish, wish for structure, for structure, and, and cleanliness, cleanliness, shy, shy, but with extraordinary, but with extraordinary capacity for listening, capacity for listening, wish, wish for the holiness, for the holiness of Buddhahood, of Buddhahood, incredibly, incredibly passionate, passionate eyes, eyes. That's my portrait of Sangay. Sangay, tell us when you met. Tell us the story once upon a time. When did you meet? Um, well, um, um. my stepfather, uh, who I was very close to, David Meltzer, uh, had a stroke um, the day after Christmas. And um, the doctors told us that he was dying. And so my mom and I brought him home um, according to his wishes and were taking care of him. And David was very loved. Um, by many, many people, and some of them came to say goodbye, and one of those people was Jack. Yes, and, and we had a deal here that Songe wasn't going to be asked questions, but all right, okay. Um, was that a deal, or did we say that, because I certainly don't want to cross that boundary, but I think we said that if the mic was in front and it was okay, that she would, so I want to She would say her. something if she, if she yes, wanted to. and she did, and I want to appreciate her for that. Thank you very much. Thank you, Sonke. Yeah. Um, she's, as it says in the poem, she is shy, but with extraordinary capacity for listening. And, um, and she's not a performer. She's not used to this world that I've brought her into, W-H-I-R-L-E-D, this world that I've brought her into. So, um, so Jack, let me ask you this here. What was it, so that's where you met. Uh, what was that meeting like for you? When did you know that this was more than the saying goodbye to someone, but that it was also saying hello in a different kind of way with Sange? Well, it was an amazing experience. I went with a dear friend, Carl Landauer, who was also a friend of David's. And we went to say goodbye to David, and I wanted to tell David, um, because David was a wonderful poet, I wanted to tell him what I would say about him after he's dead. Um, I wanted him to know the kinds of things that I would say to remember him. And, you know, the wonderful things that he did in poetry, the wonderful things that he did in all kinds of ways. I wanted him to have a feeling for that. And I did that. I did that. But there were a lot of people there, and they wanted to see David. And uh, this young woman came over to me and said, well, I don't think I know you. And we began to talk. 
And it was the most extraordinary experience because I wasn't expecting that. I wasn't really in the mood. I wasn't prepared for that. But she seemed so interesting. She seemed so intelligent, beautiful, all kinds of, of things, you know, a bundle of things that I found immediately attractive. And then she'd have to go and deal with somebody else. And she did that. And then she'd come back and we talked more. And we both, I think, had a sense of a real attraction to one another. But nothing happened that day. And um, she said, uh, it was wonderful to meet you. And I, I said, it was wonderful to meet you, too. It was like that. Um, but neither of us expected it. It was completely uh, uh, out of the blue for both of us. And um, I couldn't even get her name right. It took me a while. <laughs> I wrote a poem about the experience. And in the poem, I said, quote, I mean, she was much younger than I. I mean, so there, I didn't think there was any chance at all of our being connected romantically, yet I was certainly feeling those kinds of feelings, uh, surprisingly. And... Um, I wrote in the poem, there's no way on earth we could be lovers. Um, an opinion which I'm happy to discover was wrong. <laughs> um, and I, I, I kept trying to figure out how I should send her the poem. I didn't think she would want to be lovers or anything like that. I'm too old for her. You know, silly. But um, I wanted to get the poem to her. I thought, how can I do that? Uh, I didn't really want to send it to her mother, <laughs> et cetera, to pass along, but I didn't really know her name. And finally, I figured out from Facebook what her name was, how to spell it, et cetera, because she was on Facebook and her mother was on Facebook. And I saw some, you know, remarks back and forth. And she said, Mom, so it had to be Sangi. So I figured out her name. I got her last name from Facebook and things like that. And we began, and I friended her. We began to talk back and forth on Facebook. And we had very good back and forth. We had very interesting conversations about all sorts of things. And uh, and I did get to finally, at a certain point, center the poem. But um, it was interesting because I said to her, well, you know, um, would you like to get together for coffee or something like that? You know, coffee or lunch or dinner even. I could do dinner. Um and she said, well, she was re she'd like to. She was very busy. And she'd let me know what she might be able to do. And then I got a message from her saying, what are you doing on Valentine's Day? <laughs> so <laughs> she's smiling, <laughs> putting her hand in front of her face. Um, she just happened to be free on Valentine's Day. But as you can well imagine, I, 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 I took that as a very, very good sign for our relationship. <laughs> and uh, we had a great date. And um, we talked in, in the same way we'd been talking on uh, on Facebook and, and all of that. And, and um, you know, it was really an interesting date. I, I brought her to one of my favorite restaurants. I asked her, do you like Vietnamese food? She loved Vietnamese food, no problem. Um, she didn't like chocolate, so it was Valentine's Day. I couldn't get her a box of chocolates. So I got her a big red apple instead. <laughs> and how were you at the in, at the in the process? Because here you you meet this human being that you're very drawn to. It continues, and now it is Valentine's Day. Where were you in your in? Was your guilt for you because your wife of almost fifty five years had passed? How long had it been at that point? 
Uh, almost a year. Almost a year. And I ask that uh, and respectfully so that we that we can, our consciousness can embrace the beauty of how we can love and hold love. And so I wanted you to talk about that and also ask if you felt there was a spiritual guiding of Adele's spirit in, in, in wanting your your continued happiness Several people have said that to me, um, and, uh, you know, I don't know, you know, I, I don't know how these things work. I'm not a, I, I can't answer that question. Um, people have said, well, Del's watching out for you. Um, but I had, the only thing that got me through the whole process of Adele's dying, because I saw her through it. It wasn't just that she died, I saw her through her death, and it was very, very difficult. Um, it was fast, um, it was full of tears. I mean, I told her how much I wished that the cancer news had come to me, not to her. Um, she said she would have felt the same way. We had a close relationship for many, many years. And because it was many, many years, we had met when we were young. And so in certain ways, we formed each other. And that was very, very important. Um, so after a year, this is the poem I wrote for Adele. There's a term that, that uh, exists in Jewish culture, Yahzai. It means year time, the turning of a year. And uh, I wrote this on the remembrance, the Yorzite, of Adele's death on June 27th. It is what the Jews call Yorzite, a year since your death. The word stings. If you retain any consciousness of the world, you know that I have found a new love. She has been a wonder and a comfort in my grief for you. I think you would have liked her and mothered her. Going through your dresser drawer, as we attempt to find room for her things, she found a fancy, almost comically sexy garter. I had forgotten it, but recognized it immediately. You wore it only once. On the night of December 21st, 1961, our wedding night, you kept it, and she kept many other things for all these years, how we formed each other, how we treasured each other's hearts. If the stories are true... You may be in bliss while I find my way through this quivering wall of sorrow and tears and love. My first love, my dear first love, it has been a year. Has it been a year? Your side. Your ashes remain 
in the vanishing morning light. What is not, what is heard is your voice, your life, this part of your life. What I am in the studio with you live and Sange, I watched her face as you read. I watched Sange's hands place itself on your thigh to comfort you. I watched her eyes the way you read the poem of compassion as if she was reading looking in the space before her as you read, reading that life, watching that life with compassion, with compassion. She's been great. Um, It has been um, what I was doing daily. I call them meltdowns. Um, Every day, several times a day, I would just begin to weep. I couldn't do anything else for a time. Then it was over. I could go back to doing things. And then it would happen again. Four or five times a day. Every day. That was my life. And as far as I could tell, that was the life I was going to lead for the rest of my life. Sangi's made such a difference in that I don't do that anymore. And... Her love and, as you say, compassion. Compassion means with passion, with all the meanings of passion, that word means. Um, Her love has been an incredible help to me in all of this. It doesn't mean I have stopped grieving for Adele, but it means that my grief for her can take a different form. It means that I don't cry all the time. It means that I can be in the world in a way that's functional, that I can look forward to the next day and not think I'm going to have four or five times during that day in which I just am completely non-functional. It will still happen to me occasionally, but nothing like what it it was before. She has been um, such a wonderful addition to my life and there have been many ways I mean she's not a replacement for Adele somebody called her a replacement uh, which is ridiculous she's a very very different kind of person but what she's given me is that sense of another person who can love me you don't know when something like this happens if there'll ever be anybody else to love And you give Sange what? If you had, what gift do you give her that you know to be true? I think, you know, lovers give lovers gifts at Christmas, at Valentine's Day, at their birthdays. No, emotionally. Yeah, no, no, but I know, but I mean. Oh, gotcha. We're in the same path. But that the gift fundamentally that they give them is themselves. She is in my life. I am in her life. And together, we're making a life together that's different from the life that I had, though has elements of the life that I had, of course, because I've been alive for so long. So 
what I've done is to bring her into my world. Well, I brought her into the studio. <laughs> and, so, and now, the, and we're, yes, she has. And have, say, I have the opportunity because you're the two watch her, uh, position my chair, I can watch your wonderful face, which is a joy. And I know that for Sange, she says that she, as a Buddhist, she believes that this is karma between the two of you being together. And as I and her, I and her, uh, she and I spoke earlier, I felt that I said to her that a lot of people use that word karma in pop culture but i believe that when one studies a part of buddhism and she's studying tibetan that 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 the belief her roots her spirit her mind her body is grounded in those truths and so the path of karma opens us when we are inside of that and so this may well and sounds like it is indeed karma with that can we hear the two of you read together? Sure. So that our listening audience can hear Sange and Jack, this well, path of love that they are on together. Let's. Somebody sent uh, that. Uh, I can find Dream. Have we. Uh, And so while they're both looking for the poem Dream, <laughs> one of the things that I wanted to be to talk to Jack about why I asked him to do this interview, because I kept saying to him, you know, we everyone, I'm sure, the people that we care for him, we know, of course, we were in compassion in his journey uh, when Adele left us all and she read with him and and as he said, they formed each other, shaped each other's lives. And this is a chance for us in a historical way to uh, to look at Jack's life the backstory historically how his heart beats what's going on and to see what the universe has offered so the the poem you're going to read is called dreams dream dream and um my work i don't think of people as simple individuals capital i i think of them as multiplicities and as someone said to me a long while ago you're working with an androgynous form. I like that. I like the idea of a person being yin and yang. And so though these are personal poems of mine, etc., there's more than one voice. There's more than one gender in them. <clears throat> this poem is called Dream. Um, the poems I've been reading, um, most of them are in my book, Grief Songs, which is the book for, including this one, um, for Adele and, and describing my grief for Adele. Dream. In the dream. In the dream. I wake in the morning. I wake in the morning. Go to sleep at night. Go to sleep at night. Everything in between. Everything in between. Is simultaneously. Is simultaneously. Real and unreal. Real and unreal. I know it's a dream. I know it's a dream. But everything is substantial, real. But everything is substantial, real. I am playing. I am playing. In a movie of my life. In a movie of my life. Someone else. Someone else. Has written the plot. Has written the plot. And continuity. And continuity. But I am responsible. But I am responsible. For my lines. For my lines. Which I improvise. Which I improvise. At will. At will. I talk. I talk. But it makes no difference. But it makes no difference. To the dream. To the dream. I wake. I wake. I sleep. I sleep. The waking. The waking. And the sleeping. And the sleeping. Are the dream. Are the dream. Two. Two. 
it would have been nice for those who closed their eyes or had them wide awake. That is really wonderful. And the both of you together was really wonderful. I would like you to share yet another, if it's possible. Well, this one is, this one is, is appropriate, I think, which is why I'd like to read it. And she is in it just at the very end, but you'll see what it is. And it's about... My being 77, she is not 77. <laughs> She's a much younger age. But words at 77 for Songi Land. Amazing to be 77. It was my 78th year to heaven, if heaven is my destination. I don't know what good karma kept me alive and dear ones dead. For all these years, 78th year to heaven, if heaven is my destination, suddenly blossoming. I am a grief tree grafted onto a tree of joy, and my leaves wave in any wind, tears and laughter. You touch me, and my body leaps alive as if it were my 18th year to heaven, if heaven be my destination and not the dark into which we all fall, leaves in an afterglow. Love moves me still, though not the love that moves the sun and the stars, but a human love that brought me to the shadow of your presence as you waited in a darkness I could not fathom. A leap, not of faith, but of love. We loved each other before we knew each other and love each other still as knowledge grows. Twenty years ago, you were a child, I was an aging adult, and now an old man. No, not so old, you say, and I believe it. You murmur in Tibetan, and I listen, knowing none of the words, but everything of the feeling. And I awaken, a tree of grief, grafted to a tree of joy. What an experience. <laughs> you betcha. <laughs> what, um, in the process of the love unfolding, when did you realize that you were in love? Almost, what's crazy is almost immediately, everybody said to me, Jack, go slow. She's interested in you for your ideas, for your mind. You know, <laughs> it isn't romantic. I mean, for heaven's sake, she's a young woman, beautiful. I mean, you know, this is not, you know, this is not going to work that way, you know. And, of course, I didn't listen to them. And what Sonia said, which was a wonderful way to sum it up, she said, at first she didn't think, think it was a date about... As, as, the, as the evening progressed, she realized it was a date, <laughs> etc. But she said, you know, I, I went out for a date and I came and I came back in a committed relationship. It was like that. That's what she said to you? Yes. And you said back? Oh, no, no. She didn't say it that night. She said it <laughs> later as a summation of what had happened to us that night. And that's what happened. What happened was this incredible moment in which we both just sort of gave ourselves to the other person and it seemed absolutely the right thing to do. It would have been stupid to have done something else. You know, I, th I hope everyone has their listening ears on 
so that they can know, particularly those who said, no, take your time. <laughs> Life is this profoundly beautiful continuation of experiences. And you and both of you were open to them. And what the two of you discuss reminds me of Alice B. Token and Gertrude Stein. Mm-hmm. When Alice saw her in the very beginning of their beginning, and she said to her, I am responsible to you or for you. And this she knew immediately, and they both understood. James Broughton and, and, and Joel Singer had the same experience. And you had it. Well, I've knocked on the nosy neighbor knocking on Jack's door and <laughs> Thank you for the knocking. <laughs> yes, and thank you both of you, and many karma blessings to the both. Thank you. Thank you. investment. Support KPFA Radio today. We make the most of every dollar donated by producing truly independent news, analysis, cultural, and public affairs programming. You are essential in keeping that information flowing and KPFA on the air. Invest today. Become a member or an ally as a monthly sustainer. Online today at kpfa.org. And we promise to stay as vigilant as always. A human rights lawyer who has written The Plot to Scapegoat Russia, Dan Kovalik, believes this anti-Russian campaign is one of the biggest fake news operations in all of U.S. history. He'll be throwing down an instructive challenge to mainstream media in Berkeley on Thursday evening, September 7th, 730 at St. John's Presbyterian Church, 2727 College Avenue. There's free parking and wheelchair access. Flashpoint's Kevin Pina will host. Tickets